This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. I can't believe I'm saying this. This episode is brought to you by Lola V, an award-winning hair care line by the one and only Jennifer Aniston. Why did Jennifer Aniston start a hair care company? Because she was tired of choosing between hair products that work and hair products that are actually good for us. But thanks to Lola V, we never have to choose again. No silicones, no sulfates, parabens, or gluten. And of course, it's cruelty-free and vegan. The glossing detangler and perfect conditioner are my personal favorites. Not only do they repair the look of damaged hair, but they also shield it from future harm. The first step to unlocking confidence in your dating life and your daily life is feeling confident about your hair. So unlock Jennifer Aniston approved hair at lolav.com. And as listeners of Seeing Other People, you're getting an exclusive 15% off off of your entire order when you use code Seeing Other People at checkout. That's 15% off your entire order at lolavie.com with promo code Seeing Other People. Please note you can only use one promo code per order and discounts can't be combined. After your purchase, they will ask you where you heard about them. Please, please, please support Seeing Other People and let them know that I sent you. You guys are in for a treat because support for today's episode comes from the best of the best, Jenny Kane. And yes, there is a discount, so keep on listening. You know that feeling when you get a new sweater and it instantly becomes basically another layer of your skin? Like you wear it everywhere for everything all the time. Okay, well, Jenny Kane has become my literal uniform. And if you don't know Jenny Kane, I'm pretty much about to change your life because Jenny Kane's clothes did that to mine. Jenny Kane is a California brand with luxurious staples that will transform your closet. Think minimalist and effortless, but totally refined. They have the coziest cashmere sweaters and iconic accessories that will elevate your everyday basics. I don't know if I wear my cashmere fisherman hoodie or my cropped cashmere cocoon cardigan more. All I know is that I cannot live without either of them. Whether it's a cozy night in with the girls, a dinner date with Jake, or catching a flight to Florida to see my parents, these sweaters are perfect for every single occasion. And I couldn't be happier when I'm wearing them because I'm so comfy. And you guys know me. I always choose comfort over how something looks. But with Jenny Kane, I don't have to choose because I get comfort and I get style. All right. So we have the discount code coming for you. Find your new uniform at JennyKane.com. Seeing other people listeners get 15% off their first order when you use code SOP at checkout. That's 15% off your first order at J-E-N-N-I-K-A-Y-N-E.com. Promo code SOP, S-O-P. Let getting dressed be one less thing to worry about. Hey guys, it's Alana and you're listening to Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Each Thursday on Unfiltered, I'll be bringing on a different anonymous guest to open up about their real life dating experiences. We'll discuss what they went through or are going through, how they navigated it, what they've learned and what advice they have to anyone else going through something similar. Unfiltered is your reminder that no matter what you're going through, you're not alone. If you have a topic that you'd like to discuss on Unfiltered, please email your story to seeingotherpeoplepodcast at gmail.com to be considered for an episode. Real people, real stories, real life. This is Seeing Other People Unfiltered. Seeing Other People Unfiltered is presented by Mindset Wellness CBD. Their happy gummies and their calm gummies cured my dating anxiety, and I am so grateful. You should try them. You need to try them. Don't take my word for it. See for yourself. Head to mindsetwellness.com. Fill up your cart with those happy gummies to take before a date and the calm gummies to take after a date. And use code seeing other people at checkout for 20% off and free shipping. I'm 30 years old. I live just outside of Providence, Rhode Island. And yeah, just kind of here to talk a little bit about um, my past dating experience and how I kind of got to the point I am in today. And what is that point that you're in today? Uh, the title of the email I sent you was 30-year-old, you know, serial first dater, kind of uh, based off of past dating experiences that I've had, like long-term relationships have really just formed and molded a bit of how I've approached dating recently um, and things that it's made me aware of, of things I want in a relationship and things I definitely do not want in a relationship and how, you know, past experience with my, with primarily one particular ex, just not reading red flags, how it's really caused me to almost be in a way overly cautious when I now am dating new guys. And I see those little triggers and those little red flags. And the second I see the sign of anything, I'm just kind of like, nope. Bolton for the Hills. Um, so unfortunately it's just caused a lot of, you know, trying out apps and meeting up with people. Usually it's a, just a first date. Um, if it does go to a second date, it hasn't really expanded past that with the exception of maybe a couple people, but 
yeah, it's just been, it's been interesting, especially with COVID, you know, throwing in that wrench into the whole mix of figuring out dating and trying to kind of weigh like the pros and cons, you know, of do I choose to see my family this weekend or do I choose to go out on a date with somebody this weekend? You know, we were kind of living in that state and things are starting to calm down and open up a little bit more now. So that's great. But for the past couple of years, it's been, it's been tough. So definitely interesting. (laughs) No, it's definitely been a lot of ups and downs. And I know we'll get into kind of your, your background and your backstory that led you to where you are now. But it is interesting to hear you talk about how like, the second you see a potential red flag, it's like you run the other way. And, and as, as much as I understand that, I also want to applaud you for like having the hindsight and the perspective of knowing that that's because of what you went through, you know, and like, you know, that, you kind of ignored red flags. So now you're paying like hyper attention to them, whether that's like for better or worse, it, it's good to hear you say that you know the reason behind it, which I think a lot of people will do the things, but they won't fully understand why. So I do yeah. applaud you on on having that like awareness. Yeah, thank you. Um, yeah, it's, uh, I don't even know where to go from there, but like, um, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, and it's kind of that fine line of trying to figure out, like, is this actually a red flag or is this just something that happened with an ex that, like, makes me worry, like, if I see similar signs, I'm going to have a similar experience and I'm just trying to, like, protect my heart and guard myself from going through that. Um, So it's a little mixture of everything. And I question myself along the way. I'm just like, is this just me? Am I reading too much into this? Am I overthinking this? Or is this a legitimate red flag? And that's mainly because in that last relationship where I was completely, I was completely blind to all of it. And I just, once we broke up, I started seeing all of it. And it made me so Mm -hmm. scared that I was not physically able to see what everybody else around me was seeing until we broke up. And I was like, well, what if we had gotten married? Like, what would have happened? Um, So it it makes me almost nervous. And I think that's where if I see the sliver of something, it's almost like I don't trust myself enough to like be able to like gauge that down the road. So I'm just going to stop it right here and just like call it. (laughs) And and it's tough because as it's a blessing and a curse because there are some of these things that yes, you should run from and you should call it off based on whatever the red flag is. But there also mm-hmm. is the reality that every single person has red flags. And it's just like, what's a red flag to you? And like, what is a red flag that might actually be not a red flag, but from a first look, it seems like, okay, that's not great. Or this person I previously was with who broke my heart, but had something similar to this. So like, let me steer away from this. It is really tricky to navigate. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. For sure. So let's get into this big relationship that kind of shook your world up. Um, do you want to tell me like how you met and how the relationship unfolded and what that was like? Yeah, for sure. Um, so I'll actually backtrack a little bit to like my very first one, because I've, I've only had two main relationships in my life. I started dating a little bit later. Um, I was 25 when I had my first boyfriend and that was only like a two month thing. It wasn't serious. He ended up moving away and it just, we weren't right for each other. And like, it was an easy split, very amicable. Um, so then fast forward about three, four months, um, I was doing the online thing. Um, this time I gave uh, Christian Mangle a chance. Um, I grew up in a very small Christian community, so I decided to just kind of give it a shot after trying out some of the other apps. Like I have tried Hinge. I've tried Bumble. Uh, the very first one I ever did was Tinder. That was short-lived. <laughs> um, but yeah, trying that one out. And um, at the time I was living in Michigan and had no intention of doing anything long distance, but I got a message from this guy out in North Carolina and apparently he's from like that area. And so he knew he wanted to move back. So that was kind of his thought process. So that's Um, like where he was swiping. Yeah. Yeah. That's where he like set his location of where he was looking for somebody. Interesting. So he reached out to me and I kind of was like, well, I'll just see how it goes. Like, I'm really not wanting to do a long distance thing, but he seems cool. So like, we'll see how this goes. And 
You guys know that I struggle with confidence. I'm always my biggest critic, and when I notice something about myself that I don't like, I can't stop fixating on it. I'm working on all of this, but it can be hard. A year ago, I noticed that my hair was thinning, and I was finding more and more strands of hair on the floor every time I would walk around my apartment. When I would look down in the shower, I would freak out at what I saw in the drain. That's when I opened up to my best friend, who happens to be a doctor, and she said two things that changed my life. The first was that she knows so many women our age going through the same thing. The second is that she told me to try Nutrafol. And so I did. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. A year later and a month before my wedding, and I cannot believe the number of people who have been complimenting how long, strong, and healthy my hair looks. I never imagined that this would happen. And naturally, as a result, my confidence has transformed. I'm no longer self-conscious when it comes to my hair. And honestly, that is a huge, huge, huge personal win for me. And you guys know I'm hilariously bad at sticking with habits and taking something every day or doing something every day. But with Nutrafol, building a hair growth routine is simple. Purchase online with no prescription required. Free shipping and automated deliveries ensure that you'll never miss a day. You'll see results in three to six months. And trust me, it is worth the wait. You can start so easily by taking their hair wellness quiz on Nutrafol.com for a personalized hair health plan based on your specific root causes. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering the Seeing Other People family 10 off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code seeing other people. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com promo code seeing other people. That's Nutrafol.com promo code seeing other people. Brave the uncomfortable. Those are the words engraved on my bracelet that have gotten me through some of the most anxiety-inducing moments over the last few years. And that's why I could not be more excited to encourage you all to get a Presently bracelet of your own with a phrase that resonates with you. Presently is a line of mindfulness bracelets engraved with words inspired by cognitive behavioral therapy. The brand was started by two sisters, Lindsay and Emily, who have obsessive compulsive disorder, aka OCD, and anxiety. They realized that when stuck in an anxiety spiral, it's hard to put into practice the tools that they learned in therapy sessions. They looked and looked for bracelets that could serve as reminders to interrupt that spiral, but they couldn't find anything besides the cheesy good vibes only and no bad days types of messaging. They started presently to bring more authenticity to self-help anxiety management. And as someone who has had a presently bracelet for three years, I mean it when I say it really makes a difference. So whether you need encouragement to make it onto that date that you've been anxious about, a calming mantra to get you through a big day at work, or simply a reminder that you're not alone presently has your back. Their bracelets are so beautiful and elevated, and they also make amazing gifts. And I know because I have gifted a few over the years, and my friends were so excited to get one and have worn them ever since. There are six phrases to choose from, and if you're indecisive, there's a quiz that you can take to help you choose the perfect reminder for your anxiety. Plus, 5% of each bracelet is donated to your choice of four mental health nonprofits. I wholeheartedly love and support Presently, and I know that your Presently bracelet will bring you as much comfort as mine has brought me. So head to presentlybracelets.com. That's P-R-E-S-E-N-T-L-Y bracelets.com for 10% off your order using code seeing other people. Raise your hand if you have dating anxiety. All right. All right. I know that everyone has their hands up and I get it. I had debilitating anxiety when I was single. And even when I first started dating Jake, I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And I know that is not a good way to feel and that is not a fun way to date. And I get it. It can be hard to find an anxiety relief tactic that works for you. That's why I'm so excited to introduce you to a new one that has helped me dramatically with my wedding and work stress and anxiety over the last few months. And trust me, there's been a lot of it. Sunset Lake CBD is an amazing company that not only has helped me feel so much better, but they also have a really cool history and mission. Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. As farmers, they believe in providing only top-shelf CBD and hemp products at fair prices. So they cut out the middlemen and they ship their CBD straight from their farm to your door, which means that their CBD is affordable and trusted because CBD and anxiety relief can help everyone and they want it to be accessible to anyone. Trust me when I say that when I'm stressed or anxious, my sleep is the first thing to go. But despite everything I have going on right now, I've been taking a sleep gummy before bed 
bed and my sleep scores on my aura ring have been through the roof. Plus, I'm finding myself relaxing more at night and being able to turn off my work brain and my anxiety with the help of their CBD gummy bears and reishi infused chews. Whether you want to sleep better, relax better, focus better, recover better, or anything in between, Sunset Lake CBD has something for everyone. So check them out today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use code SOP for 20% off your order. That's code SOP for 20% off farmer-owned, Vermont-grown Sunset Lake CBD. After about a month of talking, he ended up being able to come home and we met. And it was kind of like one of those, you see it in the movies of like the sparks are flying. It just feels like I'm in a dream. Like it was like the perfect first date. Like we were walking around like holding hands and I was like, holy crap, like, I feel like I'm on cloud nine and then some. It just felt very surreal. Like our first kiss was like with fireworks going on. Like legit, that's how it happened. So that whole weekend we spent basically together and it was amazing. And I was like head over heels already. Um, I fall a little too hard too fast. And that's something I'm working on with myself. But I didn't realize that until I met him because it was like the first time this has ever happened to me. Uh, I did not have the same reaction with my previous boyfriend. So I was like, this is different. And yeah, basically, um, I would go see him like once a month um, and fly down to visit him. So it was really, you know, it was a lot of just talking on the phone and texting and trying to FaceTime when we could and then trying to jam pack like a month's worth of quality time into two days, which was always really hard. Um, neither of us were in jobs that paid like a ton. So finance, finances were always a big stressor for us. So like having paid for the flight and the hotel and like everything was, you know, it just contributed a little bit to our stress. Um, but just our communication styles didn't quite align. Like I, for one, like I'm not a confrontational person. And so when things are bothering me, I tend to hold them in because I don't want to like have a fight or cause a scene or anything like that. And he's a very like, let's talk it out. I want to talk this out. And so he would almost like fight me into doing it. He's like, just tell me what's bothering you. I can tell what's bothering you or something's bothering you. Just tell me what it is. And I couldn't do it. Like, it was really weird. Like I was like, I, I can't tell, be like honest with him because I'm scared that if I'm honest with him about what's bothering me, it could cause a fight that could potentially split us. And like that for me was the worst thing you could have ever told me was us breaking up. Cause I was right. convinced we were going to get married. And I was like, Nope, like, let's just, you know, I thought all the stress was due to the long distance. And I was like, you know what, in a few years, this will be behind us. We will be together and like all this will be smoothed over and it'll be fine. So it was, we, we dated for about a year and a half. Um, of doing that. And there were some great moments in there, but there were a lot of more, there are more stressful moments than great. Um, unfortunately, yeah, the great just didn't outweigh it. And I was holding on to this hope that like when we were together, things would be different and everything. But, you know, there were some things along the way that really should have indicated to me, like, he's not your person, but I chose to ignore them. And what were some of those things? Uh, one of them actually is kind of connected to one of the more recent episodes that you put out about the, I think she was anonymous as well, um, about not wanting to have kids. So yes. my journey with that is really kind of interesting because growing up in this small community, like the sign of a successful, happy life was like, you meet your husband in college, you get married at 22, start a family roughly around like 27, 30, and then you live happily ever after. Like that's what everyone around me was doing and they all seemed happy. So like, I didn't even question it. I was like, okay, well that's, that's going to be like my future. Like that's just what everybody does. Right. It's so I never, yeah, exactly. So, you know, at 20, I watched my sister get married at 22 and they have a kid. So it's just like, okay, like, I just kind of thought, like, I'm going to follow in, like, these footsteps and follow this path. Like, this is what everybody does. You know, 22 rolled around, and I wasn't dating anybody. And it kind of just made you feel like, well, what's wrong with me if I can't find somebody at the same time frame like everybody else seems to? So 22 to, like, 25 was this weird period of trying to figure out, like, 
I thought my life was going in this direction and it's not. And now I need to rethink and reroute my, my, you know, my path. Um, so then meeting my ex at 25, I kind of like, okay, this is going to happen now. Like I was, you know, ready for being serious, I think sooner than he was. But one thing he mentioned right away when we met, like, he's like, I want three kids. I know what I want to name them. And I was just kind of like, Oh, okay. And at first I was just like, okay, well, you know, it just really matters a lot to him and it, that's fine. I just hadn't thought at all about the kids thing to that point. And I think partially because I was never in a position where it was like a reality. Mm -hmm. Like it always was just kind of this idea or this figment of like my imagination of what I thought was going to come, you know, as part of my life. Right. Um, but until it's like put right in front of you of like, do you want this or not? I've never been, I had never been asked that. Um, and once I realized like, oh, it's actually like a choice. Like, it's not just like everybody does this. Like they do make it a choice and I have every right to make a choice for myself either way. Um, yeah, it's not- actually, it's been really interesting since that episode came out. I've gotten so many messages from people being like, wow, this was really interesting to hear because I've actually never thought, do I want kids? I've just assumed that like, that's what's expected of me. So that's what I'm going to do. But I've never stopped to question, is this actually what I want? And I mean, I said it myself in the episode, like I had never really questioned it either, but it's really interesting to see like just how much we go with the flow of what people expect of us. And we, we don't actually take a minute and say, is this what I want for myself, for my life? Like, kids are a really big deal and people just have them. (laughs) People who shouldn't have them, people who don't want to have them just have them because they think they are supposed to. Or they just want to and not always provide the best home for them. Like I I am not at all poo-pooing anybody who wants to have a family. Like if you have the resources and the ability to give that child a good loving home and you want to have kids, I think that's great. Like my sister's child, I love that baby more than anything like he is so fun and I love spending time with him I love being an aunt but being with him doesn't change my mind of like I love other people's kids but I don't necessarily feel like the need to have my own at least like biologically like I think Mm -hmm. I'm more a little bit more receptive to the concept of maybe down the line like fostering or if you know I happen to meet a guy who has children that doesn't turn me off really like I just don't desire to like have my own kids, you know, Mm. biologically. So, you know, I don't, I'm not shutting the door completely. I just think I'm going to probably, if I do have children in my life, it's not going to be in that, you know, traditional kind of way. Um, and I personally, like, I'm totally fine with that. Um, the feedback I've received from family and friends hasn't been quite so receptive. Um, I get it. it made me laugh so hard when um, the the anonymous guest you had for that episode when she's like, people say, "Oh no, you'll change your mind when you meet the right person." You've no idea how many times I've been told that, and I and I will say, "But what if I don't?" And they're like, mm-hmm. "But you will." And I was like, <laughs> "But what if I don't?" <laughs> right, right. Like, right. Will you just there is a, there <laughs> always that option. I know. Yeah, but it was kind of just felt like, well, you're. Like, will, I mean, will you still like accept me for that? Like, right. They're not even leaving room for the possibility of that not happening. (laughs) Yeah. 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 So for with, like with my ex, like, you know, he was very upfront with that. And it just took me a while to get to that place where I kind of started to realize how I felt about it. And like the second I realized I was not on the same, in the same boat as him on that, I let him know right away. He unfortunately felt that I had been holding on to this for like the entire time we had been together and just choosing not to tell him. So he like flat out like called me a liar and just made me feel horrible about it. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like I told you the second I realized this and he's like, but you had to have known before. I'm like, no, like I really didn't. Like it was kind of like, kind of like one of those things where it slowly comes up on you. And then all of a sudden in this moment, you have this realization of like, Oh, I've been leading up to this, but now I'm sure I was like, the second I told you, I I found out I was sure I wanted to tell you, I knew you Mm -hmm. wouldn't be happy about it, but I knew I had to be honest because I knew how important this was to you. 
Um, he just didn't see it that way. Um, and this was like probably eight months into our relationship. We ended up dating. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. When I first started seeing other people, some of my closest friends and family could not believe it. Not because they didn't think I was capable of being a podcast host, but because I usually can't get through a sentence without sniffling. And during allergy season, forget about it. My seasonal allergies are debilitating, and my sinus congestion and pressure has always left me feeling so sick. But luckily, for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for For serious allergy sufferers, Claritin-D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double-action combination of prescription-strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Claritin-D has truly transformed my life. Not only can I breathe better and sleep better since taking Claritin-D, but I also can get through the day so much smoother. I used to have to cancel plans because of how bad my allergies were. I'd go through a tissue box a week, sometimes more, and my eyes were always watery. But Claritin-D's fast symptom relief starts working on allergies with nasal congestion in as little as 30 minutes, and it tackles nasal congestion caused by allergies or a cold and also relieves sinus congestion and pressure due to allergies. It's truly the greatest thing I've ever come across, and I am so grateful that I found it and started using it. Are you ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Do you feel like you're at a crossroads in your love life? Maybe you're in the thick of modern dating or you're wondering if the person you're with is your person. Whatever your situation, I have the perfect podcast for you. It's called Dateable, your insider's look into modern dating, hosted by Julie Krafchick and Yue Shu. They talk about it all, from why you're choosing the wrong partner and how to stop, to how to actually go from matching on the app to getting on a date, to securing your anxious attachment and everything in between. Julie and Yue have been on Seeing Other People, and I've been a guest on their podcast too, so if you're looking for a great starting point, check out my episode of Dateable, season 15, episode 10, Is It Chemistry or Anxiety? Guys, this podcast is incredibly relatable, insightful, and oftentimes hilarious. Wherever you start, Dateable will help you feel inspired to date differently and create a love life that works for you. You can subscribe and listen to episodes on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts every Wednesday and Sunday. So check out Dateable and thank me later. Oh, goodness. For like another almost a year after that happened. And frankly, we should have broken up that in there because the rest of our relationship just like wasn't the same. Like there was always that sting of like this horrible discussion happened and we're not on the same page, but I think we just loved each other so much that like he probably thought I would come around and I thought he would learn to accept me of where I'm at. And that just wasn't going to happen. But yeah, it took us a while to finally get to the place where like, we, we, we can't do this anymore. And even at the breakup, I had hope that maybe some time away would like be the telling thing and like, you know, maybe we'd get back together and such, but that didn't happen obviously. But yeah. What, what ultimately led to the breakup? Obviously like a lot of things, but like, did you see the breakup coming when it happened? And like, what were the things that kind of put it over the edge? Cause obviously like you wanted to fight for this relationship. Like you still wanted it to work. Like you stayed in it for a while, even when things were misaligned. So like what ultimately ended up breaking you up? Yeah. A few months before the breakup, I went down to see him and I was kind of starting to like tell him, you know, my living situation for next year, I think is going to be changing. You know, I know you're going to be down here for a little bit. I am open to moving to you. Mm -hmm. Um, Because for me, like, we had been together for over a year at this point. Like, I knew in my heart, I was like, he's my person. Um, Like, and if I already am going to be, you know, I'm okay with relocating. Like, I didn't have an issue with that. I've moved before. So, like, it didn't really bother me. I was like, you know, let's give this an honest, fair try, like, being together. And I'm willing to do that. And, like, he just got kind of weird about it. Like, the more we talked about serious things, he was like, well, you know, like, I'm not going to propose until at least like two to three years down the line. And I was like, okay, like as long as like, you can tell me like 
we're heading in that direction. Like you see me as being that person. Like if you can't see me being that person, why are we together? Um, But if you can at least tell me like, that's where you're foreseeing this going. And like, you believe like I could be it. That's, that's all I need. I'm not asking for a ring on my finger. Like I just need the guarantee. Like we're on the same page. Yeah. You need to know that you're building this relationship for a reason. Yeah. Yeah. And it just was like a weird conversation. Like I can't even put it like describe why it just, he kind of acted weird about it. And I just got like a weird vibe. And I was like, I just don't know if we're on the same page anymore. Like I felt like we were for a long time until that point. Um, and then we spent Christmas together and when we said goodbye before I went home, we had had like a disagreement before that at this point, like each visit that I went down there, we had more and more arguments during those visits as time went on, um, kind of went from the honeymoon phase to like, not pretty. Yeah. So I was leaving and he was giving me a hug and he's like, we are going to be okay. And I didn't believe it. And that for me was kind of my point where I was like, I don't think this is going to, this is going to work. Like, I just, I don't see it. And I was so sad for thinking that because I was the one who was like holding on to this. And I was like, no, like we are meant to be together. But it was just like this moment where the second he said that there was something in my gut saying like, no, we're not. And I was like, oh crap. Um, And I kind of thought maybe I was just overthinking it because it's what I do. So um, I went home and for about a month and a half, we were just kind of communicating um, electronically and it was just kind of off and weird. And I think about a few, no, maybe like a week before we broke up, I knew it was going to happen. I just was trying to avoid it because I knew it wasn't going to be a fun conversation. And I also wanted it to be in person. Like I didn't want to do this over the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, but also too, I was like, if I go down to visit him for a whole weekend, we know this is like the looming, yeah. like it's the inevitable thing. It's going to happen. We're either going to tiptoe around it and pretend like it's not there until the day I leave oh, or awful. we do it initially. And then like, what, you take me to the airport early. I was like, right. let's do this over the phone. Okay. Um, so yeah, it was a very long phone call, a lot of tears from both ends. I mean, we were both upset and yeah, just, yeah, it was rough. Um, my roommates at the time, like they could hear me like through the wall and they, they were texting me. They're like, let me know if you need anything. I love you. <laughs> I was just like, yeah. I'm sobbing my heart out into this phone with my ex and oh yeah, it was terrible. And, yeah. Oh. Yeah. I'm like in pain thinking of like that conversation. Uh, so, okay. How were you feeling? I mean, after that, like what were the following like days, weeks, months, like after the breakup? I am one of those people where like, if something is upsetting me, I do, I, well, I do one of two things and it depends on my mood. Either I will like stay in bed and wallow or I will try to be a busybody. Like if you're a fan of Gilmore girls at all, if you've ever seen the show, when Rory breaks up with Dean, like she tries to be like super like busybody, And she's like, I'm going to do all the things. I don't want to wallow. I don't want to wallow. And that's yeah. where I'm typically in that person. But then sometimes I will get into those slumps, especially like when I started like finding, you know, any notes he had ever written me, or I saw a picture of us, I would just sit in it and then just cry. Um, so it kind of wavered. I mean, thankfully I had work to keep me busy and I was just trying to like, just keep going through the day and like, try not to think about it. That was kind of my method. The harder part was that he and I would still talk post the breakup, which we should have just like cut it off and been like, for at least like a month, let's just not communicate. Um, cause it just gave me hope that this was going to work out and we were going to get back together. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, yeah, I think my biggest piece of advice actually to anyone going through a breakup is like, do yourself a favor and cut off communication. I'm actually, I just started seeing a new therapist and I'm going back through my old relationships. And one of them is like, yeah, I still, I slept in his bed for five weeks after, cause I was upset and, and we still cared about each other. So he's like, I'll be here for you. So then I was like, okay, great. He's here for me. Like I'll, I'll take it. And it was, 
the worst thing I ever could have done. It was like breaking my heart every single day over and over again. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So you kept talking for like a month or continuously. It was, yeah, it was about a month until we actually hit the point where we started to realize that that wasn't smart. So then we decided to cut off the communication and from the breakup to when I ended up deciding to move back East, back home, um, that was about a three month period. So there was a roughly a month or two that we didn't talk at all. Um, and the day that I, um, was going to drive home. So it's like a full day. Like you leave really early in the morning, get home like late at night. So it's a full drive. You know, I had all my plan of like my playlist. Like I always have it all mapped out. Cause I, I do the drive alone for whatever reason, decided it was a smart idea to check Facebook right before leaving. And it pops up that he's in a new relationship with this other girl as of like a month ago. So this was only like two and a half months after we broke up where I literally had a box of his stuff in my back seat. And it was like in the rear view mirror. I could see it right there. Oh my God. Just driving and stewing and just staring at this box. And I would go through phases of like talking to myself in the car and be like, you piece of crap. Like, I can't believe you would do this to me. Like, blah, blah, blah. Like, did I even matter to you at all? And then I would just like go through phases. I would just cry. And my mom would call me out th- throughout the drive and I'd be like, yeah, it's just swell. <laughs> like, I am not okay. Um, so when I got home, the first thing I took out of that car was that box, which basically contained every gift he ever gave me, um, every note he ever wrote me all of our pictures and he like lent me like one of his like high school sweatshirts so I had that in there too it was the first thing I ripped out of there brought it inside opened it took every picture every note and just ripped them to smithereens like the tiniest little pieces of confetti and I texted a picture of it to my old roommates and I was like Yep, that's done. And they were like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, what it's happened? Poetic. It's beautiful. <laughs> so I told them, and they were like, yeah, yeah, he's history. Like, you don't even need to, like, cry over him. And I was like, well, I did, but I got my revenge out on the items of, you know, from him and of him. And I did text him that day, like, not even a hello or, like, how are you? I just said, do you want your sweatshirt back? <laughs> and he's like, no, I'm good. And I said, okay. Or I think I did, said the passive aggressive K. <laughs> did you actually want to text him to offer his sweatshirt back? Or was there, do you think, another reason why you wanted to send that text? Part of me thought by me asking if he wants it back, like it was me like parting with the stuff. Because yeah. I asked him initially like, when we had broken up, knowing he had spent money on the things that he bought me, you know, some people are weird about it. They're like, I could sell that stuff back or like get my money back or whatever. And I just felt like I was being trying to be thoughtful by saying like, I would understand. Cause I know you put an invested a good amount of money in this. Like if you wanted it back, or like wanted to sell it, I understand it because frankly, I'm not going to be wearing it because it's too difficult. Cause I'm only going to think of you when I wear it. Right. And he was like, no, like those were for you. Why would I ever ask for that back? And I was like, I didn't say you were. I'm just trying to be thoughtful about it. Yeah. Otherwise I'll keep it. So I initiated that. You want it back to give to your new girlfriend. Exactly. (laughs) Um, But yeah, I just, I don't know. Part of me like wanted, it almost was like, I wanted him to know that I knew. Yeah. And that it upset me. And that was like the only way I could do it without actually coming out and being like, like what's what the actual cool. fuck? Right, exactly. Um, Cause I just didn't know what to say. I'm like, he's technically single. Like he can do whatever he wants. It's just what I was perceiving of the whole situation was that, well, I was still at this point in time holding on to hope of us. And clearly you left that, you know, threw it out the window and just like, 
it, it felt like you didn't even give me like a second thought. Like if you guys were official as of two months post our breakup, then you must've been dating before that. And of course, right, also you guys still talked for a month after. Yeah. Yeah. So I was just like, did I matter at all to you? Like, were you actually really in love with me? She's from the area he was in. So I was like, I mean, I don't want to think this of you, but you're really not giving me much wiggle room to even think like, did you cheat on me? Or like, were you at least interested in her when we were together? And so for the longest time, I just sat in that thinking, what if he had like, and that made me feel so crappy. I was like, I didn't even matter at all to you that you would throw our relationship away for somebody else. Or like, I clearly wasn't good enough for you that you had to go looking for it elsewhere. Like that just made me feel so, so crappy. Um, so yeah, for about a year post that breakup, like dating just was like rough. I was like, well, it wasn't good enough for him, even though I felt like I gave him the world, like, and I did everything in my power to make him happy. So what do I really have to offer to anybody? It was just a total confidence killer. I was like, I wasn't confident going into any of the dates. I really just was like, I feel like I'm just going through the motions for the sake of going through the motions because I don't want to be alone, but I am not in the place to be in a relationship either right now. I'm so broken. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that whole year was like just really, really, really hard on my mental health and my well-being. Yeah. That's actually the part of your story that really resonated with me the most and that I related to the most because I've gone through breakups where the the reason for us breaking up was like, well, I can't be in a relationship right now. Like it's not you. If I was going to be in a relationship, I'd be with you. But like, I can't because I have to focus on my career. And then fast forward like two, three, four months and they're literally dating somebody else. And it's like, oh, well, you could be in a relationship. You just didn't want to be in a relationship with me. And yeah, it's exactly what you said. It's like, why? Like, well, if I wasn't good enough for this person, why would I be good enough for anyone else? Like I tried to give them the world. I went above and beyond. And that is such a devastating and like earth shattering feeling because it really does make you question what's wrong with me mm -hmm. and what do I not have that these other people do have or why am I not deserving of love right and it sucks because it's, it's not fair because those aren't true the none of the none of the, what I just said is true but that's how we feel because that's what the situation tells us yeah, it's amazing how strong our perception can be and how it can really make us believe that it is truth. Like it's yep. it's scary how much we can almost trick our brains into like believing something that we're just taking or like overthinking about or whatever and make it almost seem as if that is the hard like hard code like truth. That is really scary. Yeah. And and no matter how much, like in that moment, no matter how much like friends, family, whoever says like, no, like you deserve the world, you'll find your person. Like it's impossible to believe mm -hmm. because of how much we thought like, well, we thought that was our person. Like we thought we were deserving of love, but clearly based on all of these circumstances and, and the situation that unfolded before our eyes just now, that's not true. Yeah. It's yeah, it's a complete mind fuck, but it's it's really, really hard to shake that feeling when you're in it. Yeah. So how obviously this happened a few years ago. Mm -hmm. How has dating been for you since? I know in the beginning of our conversation, you started off by saying like you go on like a lot of first dates. Occasionally they get to second dates. I'm curious what these red flags you mentioned are now after hearing the story of this relationship and some of the things you've noticed in hindsight. So like when you're going on these first dates, what are the things that steer you away and say like, nope, like let's put that shield back up. We have to protect ourselves. Like no second date, no third date here. Nothing's happening. Yeah. Um, there's a few things that come to mind and they don't always necessarily play like a very direct role in how I've approached like the guys that I've dated since my ex um, but they're all things that still do circulate in my mind. And I think if anything affect my self-esteem, which I then take into these situations and can, you know, somehow play a role in how all of it ends up happening. Um, one of them being, you know, my ex and I would talk on the phone all the time. Cause that's really all that we had. And 
Um, I, w- I had just had a job that basically I took home with me. So I was always super busy. And for myself personally, like work, I could choose to like devote my time into my work or I could spend an hour preparing like a home cooked meal for myself for just me where mm-hmm. I, I honestly enjoy like making things for other people and like knowing like if they're going to enjoy it, I don't, I like putting the time in to do it for them. But when it's just for myself, I don't need that. Right. Um, so I would just make something quick or fast and he would call and like, ask like, what are you gonna make for dinner? And I was like, oh, I'm just going to make like mac and cheese or something like something easy. I have a lot of work to do. And he's just like, Oh, like, is it like, like from scratch mac and cheese or like from the box? And I was like, from the box, why does it matter? <laughs> and he just like, he would do that multiple times. And I was just kind of like, you're expecting me to like, be like, Betty Crocker homemaker wife making you like a home cooked meal every single night like you are insane that's not my Mm -hmm. forte I'm not at home in the kitchen I'm not afraid to try it and I'm not afraid to like put the effort in to make something I'm not it's just I'm preparing this for myself I could care less when I'm eating I just need something quick and easy and fast and why you seem to care about that so much makes me a little bit like worried so that was like one thing and then if I was ever stressed I just want to unwind in bed like with like a movie or something like that's kind of how I de-stress from a hard day I escape like somebody else's reality for a little bit and kind of escape out of mine and he would that's what movies are there for exactly and so you know I like want to believe so badly he was trying to be encouraging but I took it so the wrong way because he would be like well, my approach, like when I'm stressed is I go to the gym and I like to like work off my stress. And I believe that works for a lot of people. However, I had told him right from the start of our relationship that I had incredibly big, like body image insecurities. So for you to tell me that I should go to the gym, I always you think I'm fat. (laughs) Right. And I, and he knew I was really sensitive about that. And so I'd just be like, no, I don't feel like going to the gym. I feel like staying home. He's like, well, you're paying for a membership. Like, that's just money you're wasting. And I'm like, well, fine. It's my money. Like, just leave me be. Like, I want to just do my own thing. Yeah. Um, it just like, in, in many ways, it felt like he just didn't get me. So I think out of all of that, like the whole, like, you just not getting me, you know, if I ever had to have a conversation, which has happened more than once with a guy where I'm like, hey, you know, I am just not that type of personality where like I'm like glued to my phone all the time because I was like that with him because that's that was our like our lifeline was the phone and so after that relationship I'm like I want to date somebody who does not feel dependent on like needing to text or call me all the time um that for me feels very suffocating I'm an extremely independent person and I always have been So when a guy starts to get like clingy, if he hasn't really given any other red flags, I'll usually just kind of be like, Hey, just a heads up to how I operate, like understand me a little bit. And then if you respond well to it, cool. We move forward with this. Mm -hmm. If this doesn't work for you and you need somebody who's basically going to be available to take your call 24 seven and like wants to talk all the time, I'm not that person for you. Um, so then how, we how have, has that been received? I'd say 75% will initially say, Oh yeah, no, I'm the same way. Like totally for sure. And then they'll just go right back to it. And I'm like, I'm sorry. Like, am I like, <laughs> am I speaking right. Swahili? Like what's going on here? Um, and I was like, yeah, this just isn't going to work. Like, And that unfortunately is how a lot of the conversations with guys that I've talked to have just gone. Like, I'm like, I don't know if I just attract like stage five clingers or like what it is, but that just tends to be the pattern of it. Um, I feel like you have the opposite problem of most girls that I talk to where they like want the guy to text them more and to call them and stuff. But I really do respect that you are upfront about it. I think like we all would be so much better off if everybody could just in the beginning align on their communication styles and what they need and how much of it they need. 
Oh, 100%. I used to joke. I was like, I feel like I'd be an ideal girlfriend. Like, I want you to have your boys' nights. I want you to get out of the house. I don't need you right. around 24-7. Like, I'll probably kill you if you're around 24-7. It's not going to work out for me. I was like, yeah. I feel like I'm the an ideal image of that. And yet, I don't know what it is. <laughs> All the independent yeah. guys are taken by the clinging girls. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, seriously. That's funny. Um, I, I have a question for you because I feel like obviously this happened. So this, this relationship started and ended what, like four years ago, maybe five, three years ago, like three ish. Yeah. Three ish years ago. How has thing or how have things gotten better or worse or changed for you over time since the breakup? Obviously initially it's so hard, but like from, I guess, getting back into the dating world till now and and again, like you said in the beginning, like you still, there is still stuff that like, isn't perfect, isn't the way you necessarily want it to be. But I'm really interested in kind of just your progression and the way you've worked through it and, and how that timeline has been, because I feel like people always just assume it's like, oh, well, like every month, every year that goes by, like you get more and more over it and you can forget and you can move on and it doesn't impact you anymore. But I don't think that's true based on my experiences. So I'm curious how that has gone for you. Yeah. Um, it's definitely been a lot of ups and downs with it. Um, I went through a really long phase where I was really good afterwards because I was starting to like come out of that relationship and just start realizing like, Oh, that was all like, th this was not okay. Like I was thinking this was normal. And I think a lot of that is, you know, linked to the fact that I only had one two month relationship prior to this. And I had like really nothing to go off of in terms of what a healthy relationship is, like how to, how to manifest and like produce a healthy relationship and what that requires of myself, what that requires of him. Um, and I let a lot of things slide and yeah, it was, you know, over time, it was something that I started to realize I am in a, such a better place now. Like I'm happier without him. Like I miss having that role in my life, but I don't miss him. Like there was this yeah. weird kind of distinction. Where I'm like, I don't want him back. I would just like almost to like have like that honeymoon phase that we had in the beginning where he was like ideal boyfriend and like so sweet and so kind in the beginning. And like, I wanted that back. But yeah. yeah, so I would be in a really, really good place with it. And then maybe I would like find like a, a letter that I just hadn't, you know, I had lost and that was from him and like in his handwriting and it would like trigger me. Um, and then I would be okay again. And I would say this was last, oh goodness, like end of 2020, um, for whatever reason, and I do now have every facet of him on social media blocked. Like, I believe that that is necessary. Um, I'm silently <laughs> applauding. Nobody can see me, but I am clapping right now. I can't, like, I have to admit that, like, I would go through phases of blocking and then my curiosity would get the best of me. So I would, like, like unblock and look and then reblock. Like, I yeah. was that person for a little bit. And there was one point where I unblocked and viewed and saw that they were engaged and the thing was wow. my mind immediately went back to him saying like I don't want to get engaged until like at least two to three years after dating yeah. they were only together for like a year and a half yeah. so it was kind of like that phase of like it's not that you don't want to get engaged you still want to get engaged to, to me, me. <laughs> like I was the one that you didn't want that with um but before that I actually had found something of his and I was in a good place at that point. And I actually had reached out and I said, Hey, I know it's been a while. Um, I found this thing. It made me think of you. And um, I didn't want him to just think like, I've been like, like pondering on him, like for, you know, and waiting for the right moment. to exactly. text him. Yeah. Like this was random. Like I found this today and I knew like, I was like for myself, I just need to kind of say this. And I was like, you know what? I am happy for you guys. Like, I hope, you know, she's what you're looking for. And like, you know, we weren't going to work out and that's okay. I just, I want you to be happy. Um, 
and I hope she makes you happy. And he actually responded right away and he was really, really nice about it. And he's like, yeah, like I wish the same for you, like best wishes to you. And so we left that on a, on like a decent note. Like, it's not like we had like any, like, screw you, screw you too. Like right. kind of a, you know, petty fight thing. Like I felt like genuinely I was in a good place until I saw that engagement announcement. And then for whatever reason, it just set me off and I was not okay. Um, yeah. And that was, that was rough. So yeah. I mean, I don't know where they're at with it now, but yeah, it was, uh, I don't even know where I was going with all this, but basically, yeah, the ups and downs of kind of dealing with it. And, um, I would say if anything, one thing that I've learned about myself that I'm happy with, um, that's come out of this relationship that is a positive takeaway is the ability to like stand up for myself and speak my truth because I was so scared to with him. And I was like, what, what could have happened if I was actually honest with him initially? Like Mm -hmm. we probably would have broken up sooner. It probably wouldn't have been all this like damage brought upon us. Like, especially myself, like, I don't know how much it's wrecked him, but for me, especially I was like, you know, we drew this out for a year and a half and it could have been shorter and we could have discovered, Oh, we're not actually right for each other. If I had just been upfront, because he was, I will give him that. Like he was always up front and I was just scared to be because I was scared of losing him. Yeah. And now it's more that thought process of not every person is your person and that is completely okay. But if I'm not going to be up front and open with you initially, like right from the get, that's not going to do either of us any form of good. So if anything, like I've almost been too truthful and like too like open and honest about how I feel about things and everything, but I have no regrets with that just because, you know, I will walk away from that relationship and I feel like no regret. I'm just like, I laid it all out there. It didn't work for him. Cool. Yeah. That's fine. I hope you find somebody that it does work for. Um, and I never have felt bad, like leaving, you know, even if it was just after a few dates or whatever, like, or a month of seeing each other, you know, I have no regrets with it because I was finally able to just feel the freedom to like speak my truth and, and just let them know how I felt. Um, and that was huge. Yeah, that is a huge takeaway and and win. And that's amazing that you were able to kind of change that narrative for yourself. I think we get so afraid, like you said, like you were afraid to say something because you didn't want to lose him. And I think when there are things that we're afraid to say, it's because we know that they need to be said. And I think those are actually like the most important conversations that need to happen because either you find out that you're on the same page or you find out that you're not. And either way, like you need to figure out which one it is. But yeah, I mean, there are a million times that I held back wanting to say something because I was afraid I would lose the person or they'd be upset or mad at me or look at me differently. And it's like, no, those are big things. And you should never be afraid of saying something to your partner. And and I also think if you are afraid of being honest, being truthful, that's a sign in itself that the relationship isn't right. Yeah. So that's like one of the major red flags I saw throughout our whole relationship. And it was something I really didn't see fully or clearly until we were over. Um, But I think if anything now, it's like if I ever have that hesitancy where I feel like I can't be honest with you, this probably won't work. Um, either I need to get over my fear and just like buck up and do it. Or I need to be open about the fact that like, I don't feel like I can be honest with you. And that's a problem. Like, yep. What does that say about us? And you know, where do we go from there? So yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here. I know it's not easy to kind of relive these experiences, but I, I really appreciate you sharing your story before I let you go. I know you did to share, I guess, a big piece of advice that you had based on your experience, but one last question is what's the best piece of advice, dating advice you've ever received? Sounds so cliche, but like be yourself, like be completely authentically you. Um, I grew up in this mindset of like, I needed to be perfect or I needed to be the image of what people wanted me to be. And I feel like I just lost so much time and like, 
yeah, it, it was more of a loss than a gain doing that and almost putting on this mask and trying to be what I thought other people wanted me to be, but that's not giving that other person the opportunity to actually learn who you are, um, or discover like, you know what, we're not all supposed to meant, meant to be with each other. Like it's okay if people don't work out. And I think we're just scared of, you know, rejection or what have you, um, and we put on these fronts to try to prevent it and hold on to these things that may not be best for us in the long run. Um, so the only way to really figure out if this is going to be, you know, something that's worthwhile or that's going to last is to just be a hundred percent yourself, even at the risk that you being truthful means that you might have to let that go and that's okay. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. That was perfectly said. And, and I really, really stand by that wholeheartedly. Well, thank you again so much. And to everyone listening, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to send this episode to a friend who you think would benefit from hearing it. Give a five-star rating and review if you liked what you heard. And we'll see you next time on Unfiltered. Mads, I am obsessed with our brand pillars. You mean vagina sweat, good branding, and being Jewish-blooded queens, Scout? Uh, sure, but not quite. I love that OKSIS podcast and our sisterhood is made up of women who are down for main character energy only, who take care of their mental health, and who are standing in their personal power as entrepreneurs. Oh yeah, that too, Scout, that too. We should probably introduce ourselves. Hello everyone, I am Mads. And I am Scout. And we are sisters IRL. Join us on OKSIS Podcast every Monday for some sisterly banter, nourishing mental health, a whole lot of silliness, and inspiring interviews from the raddest female guests in the game. We promise it'll be a good time. As long as you don't get too loud, Mads. Welcome to the sisterhood!